so bad this. <laughs> Do it for Martin and me. I might have needed to eat this Laffy Taffy before we started See, recording and you it. see, you always want to talk about me, but look at you. Cheeks full. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> full of taffy. Shake that Laffy Taffy. Hey, 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 Get shot at the let out Heels in her hand while she leaving out the let out I'ma meet my mans at the mob, mob let out Praying on the five, see a five, swear to tell out Who I can't wait, I can't wait until they get out We be pressing sand when we meet up at the let out Get your spirit up God City of Atlanta Saints, uh-huh. goons, and ain'ts Welcome to the let out, where Frosty the snowman is a puddle of water, and Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer has been checked into a 60-day detox. Wait a minute. Why do you always have to be that one person that takes stuff to like 100,000 trillion? See, I'm the one that asks questions. First of all, nobody wants to ask the question, number one, why was Rudolph's nose red? But why you gotta put the man in rehab? He needed to be in rehab. Rudolph, what are you doing with your nose? So... What are you doing with your nose, Rudolph? Rudolph out here doing lines of white girls. He was doing lines of white girls. That's why he was so close with Santa. Cause only a person that does white lines can travel around the world the way that Santa does. So... It's a conspiracy. They are marketing Santa to push the children in the direction of drug abuse and addiction. This is why we lift up Jesus in this hour, because Jesus is the reason for the season. See, I'm doing what most pastors do on Sunday. <laughs> Not making no sense. Are y'all okay? Are y'all all right? All right. Well, since we're here. I went too far. You know... It's your podcast, you know. I'm just, I'm just along for the ride. It's, it's your world, Belle. Hey, y'all. Hey. <laughs> Welcome back to the Let Out. I'm Martin. Hey, and I am McBride. I definitely thought you were gonna forget your name this week. You know, that's. I didn't know what I was gonna say. I didn't know if I wanted to introduce myself as Broderick. Um, I didn't know if I wanted to introduce myself as Lamar. I didn't know. So, didn't know if I wanted to be B Mac. So you just got a whole bunch of people in there. Not well, I'm not possessed or oppressed, first of all. I'm me. <laughs> you won't legion me in this hour. <laughs> won't the saints right. give you a demon? We know he had a demon. Well, shut up. <laughs> anyway. You got a Christmas song of the Lord? What do the lonely do at Christmas? This choreography. (laughs) What do they do? What do they do at Christmas? (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. I really wish y'all could see this choreography that this man of God went into. He's not okay. 
Speaking of songs and choreography. Oh God. What songs have you sang as a tiny type for Christ that you just had no business yelling at the top of your lungs singing? Jodeci, fainting? You got me fainting. Wait, what are you fainting? You are in pre-K. Are you okay? I can't leave you alone. You got me fainting. So I came into agreement with stalking at the age of five. <laughs> are y'all okay? Part, that part. What you got? We can absolutely talk about the fact that stalker R&B was a thing. Yes. Black Street. Ooh. If you take your love away from me, I'll go crazy. <laughs> I'll go insane. First of all, my daddy said, don't let nobody love you into a graveyard. My God. Get out of these graveyard romances. No. What about the Tiny Tot singers back in the day? Hey, little mama, why you dance so fucking? She's five years old, pee-popping in a handstand. What is going on? We had our own freak Nick. Fam, you remember uh, uh, Rocky Robin? No, it's uh, the one about the sister. Brother in jail, yeah. raising up hell. Well, no, first, let's start with daddy. Dad is on the corner shooting dice. Brothers in jail, raising up all types of hell. And sisters on the corner selling fruit cocktail. First of all, can we talk about these young people on the corner selling bags? The block is hot. My God. No, I thought she was selling her body. Selling bags. <laughs> Got it. Uh. Another another song that we were singing at the top of our lungs. Um, there's two that I want to do back to back, and then we'll move on. Love should have brought you home last night, Tony Braxton. Love should have brought you. First of all, who broke your heart? <laughs> Five year old. Five year old. <laughs> but then SWV. I get so weak in the knees. I can hardly speak. I lose all control. First of all, you don't have a knee yet. <laughs> you need deliverance. <laughs> what is that? Deborah Cox? Oh. How did you get here? Girl, I rode the bus. <laughs> Nobody's supposed to be here. <laughs> you my so heart, wretched. My heart said, no, no, girl, your heart can't talk. <laughs> You're ratchet. Sade, there were many of times growing up as a tiny tie. My parents had to pull me up off the ground. Cause I was the dancer that would like hunch the ground. I was a little mannish boy that would hunch the ground. So Man, you, God, are you okay? So you couldn't play gigolo? No. <laughs> I put my hands up high, my feet down oh, low. Oh, I'll show you a gigolo. This the way I gigolo? Oh God. <laughs> this is why Jesus had to come get me at seven. I was on my way to a burning hell. That's why you run across that platform screaming, Daddy! Well, wait, let's not. No? Okay. Can we move on? The block has been so hot. Yeah. Personally, I'm sick of it. Yeah. I got up today, Instagram forced everybody into an unwarranted update. And it feels like the whole of the internet was like, well, first of all, <laughs> that update lasted from 8.30 to 11.15. Shout out to Instagram that tried to make us tap like the Snapchat update. And everybody came to Instagram. Like, fam, what yeah, are y'all doing? Don't do that. 
Don't do that. Keep it the way it is. It's fine. Instagram is like that little kid that you take into the store and you give that speech. (laughs) Now, when we get in here, keep your hands to yourself. You can't have nothing. Don't ask for nothing. And don't touch nothing. Listen. Ah, ah. My God. So the block is hot is basically where we highlight what is taking place within national, state, and local news. Um, This is an opportunity for us to intelligently have a conversation centered around what is in fact taking place, but also from an intercessor's perspective, talk through how we can be praying about these things. Because the truth of the matter is, as an intercessor, you have to have more in your arsenal than just the word of God, than just the hymnal. You got to come out behind the four walls, be a part of community, be a part of what's happening in your world. So welcome to The Block is Hot. So first up on this edition of The Block is Hot, we have the government shut down. Yes. The Democratic leader, House leader, Nancy Pelosi, has absolutely accused President Donald Trump of using scare tactics to build support for his proposed U.S.-Mexico border wall, which she get this, joked as being reduced from a giant cement structure to a beaded curtain. That's my auntie. Fam. (laughs) That thing blessed me. The shade of it all. Mm -hmm. So literally, the entire government is shut down because you're trying to build a wall. Yep. If you don't get your, like, what is? If you don't sit your frazzled toupee down somewhere in the whole name of Jesus Christ. My God. So, in addition to that, last week, CNBC literally called it probably the worst performing week that the stock market has had since the 2008 global financial crisis. Um, if you're not up to speed with that, the Dow Jones last last week fell over 1,500 points, including a 400-point drop on last Friday alone. Markets reeled this week as the Federal Reserve raised interest rates while investors were also rattled over the government shutdown amid the resignation of the Secretary of Defense, Mm -hmm. James Mattis. Mm -hmm. So we can put a pin there Mm -hmm. and absolutely talk about the fact that all of these White House resignations. And they're back to back to back to back. I think just about every month. Chief of Staff is out. Um, Jeff Sessions, the Attorney General is out. Yes. Secretary of Defense is out now. Like. What? And they're key people. They're key people. It's your president, man. Excuse me? My president is black and my Lambo is blue. Let's be clear. Come on, Jeezy. So. (laughs) So what are you. How should we even approach this in prayer? Um. Because you know that they're projecting that the financial climate of 2019 is going to be dismal. Yeah. So how do we approach this as intercessors in the place of prayer? Yeah. 
Um, so I think that first we need to deal with this whole xenophobia of Trump. A lot of his laws, a lot of his legislature, a lot of his movement is rooted in xenophobia. The whole notion behind the building of this wall it's rooted in falsified facts, alternative facts using his language. How he said, you know, this wall needs to be built because the people that are coming across that border are bringing drugs into our country. They're bringing diseases into our country. They're bringing terrorists into our country, criminals. Where's your fact? Like, where's the data to prove these notions that you're throwing out? Because truth be told, we have more domestic terrorists, historically, Come on. Than what we have international or foreign terrorists. Let's start there. And nobody wants to have a conversation about that. And Donald Trump's presence publicly is condoning domestic terrorism on a myriad of ways. So not only are we six days into this government shutdown, we are absolutely headed towards what CNBC calls a bear market. Yeah. So CNBC also reports that the Dow and the S&P 500 are still on track for their worst December since the Great Depression. That's heavy. Fam, it is the year of our Lord, yeah. 2018. Yeah. We're almost to 2019. And this is the worst December since the Great Depression. Yeah. I'm concerned um, because I do know that many of us don't recognize money as a tool. Mm -hmm. So as a result, if we do tiptoe in our Jordans in the direction of a depression, it just makes me wonder how prepared or how well versed we are, you know. But at the same time, I'm also looking at the other side of the coin because as the markets crash, that means cities go on sale yeah so we always chant the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous and i have dilemmas mm -hmm. with comments like that especially when we take it out of theological context and we run with it first of all if the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous the wicked they're very wise about their wealth mm -hmm. so if we're saying that their wealth is laid up for us have we studied or learned how to utilize and capitalize on said wealth that's laid up for us. Because the truth is, if we get the wealth that's laid up for us, righteously so, for many of us, we will lose our flippant minds because we don't know how to control or handle money as if it's a tool. So that's one thing. Number two, how many of us have been good stewards over where we are financially so that when the city does come for sale, we're postured and ready with the bag to step up to the table and negotiate pricing in order to secure the land, to secure the wealth. So as much as we celebrate it, eh, I got pause, I got questions, because I don't, I don't think that the body of Christ across the board is ready. I think that it's very important for us to look at the model church. When you mm -hmm. look at the church in Acts, they have all things in common, That's the which book. means that they financially operated independent of the governmental system yes. of their time. Yes. So it didn't matter what happened around them 
Um, it didn't matter what their contemporaries, their cultural contemporaries were experiencing. They had all things in common. Yeah. They were self-sufficient. Yeah. I can't say with a surety that the Church of Jesus Christ now can operate independent of the U.S. government, the British government, or wherever you may be. And that, again, that gives me pause as well. So the fact that we're consistently seeing history repeat itself, that means that somewhere there's a giant or there's a mentality or a paradigm that we have yet to really champion against our target. So that's why I said I believe that the first assignment of intercessors is definitely targeting that specific thing because that's a that's a gateway that's that's the doorkeeper to a whole lot of this other stuff outside of that when we start dealing with the whole financial um piece of our country i do believe that it's rooted in number one we have to be wise and aware that that money is in fact a tool so you can't be praying about something that you haven't literally taking time to number one be a steward over but number two have done your due diligence to learn about so what is the purpose of the stock market what is the stock market built upon what is it supplied upon what is the value of the american dollar in context to other world currencies mm -hmm. right um what does this exactly mean for um our banking industry what does this mean for major corporations that do stimulate economics and commerce and also build up jobs what does this stuff mean so i think that first we need to research that and in the midst of researching bits of revelation will come out with wait that doesn't fall in line with the word of god concerning god's people from an intercessor's perspective from an intellectual perspective how should we be praying through this i think this would be an amazing time for financial intercessor absolutely yeah absolutely um, I think if you have delved into any aspect of prophetic intercession, mm -hmm. you should be hearing in the wavelength of the spirit, the word downsizing, mm -hmm. um, trimming the fat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you should not only, um, pray that through, but also Place yourself in a position to begin to ask God and to lean into Holy Spirit for the wisdom on how to downsize, mm -hmm. what it looks like to partner with Holy Spirit about um, recalibrating your financial yeah. goals. What is it that um, can be recalibrated in your short-term goals? What yeah. can be recalibrated in your long-term in your long-term goals? So I definitely think that um, that is one big area to target downsizing what does that look like from a business standpoint you know and the interesting thing is it's so funny that oftentimes when you find yourself in places of prayer or a posture of prayer god will begin to speak things that it's contradictory to, to what's what you're happening yes. in culture because yes. everybody, if you look at social media, you mm -hmm. know, all out of control, mm -hmm. like live your best life. Uh -uh -uh. Uh -uh -uh. Like, yeah. listen, have wisdom. Yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah. Um, I've even been sitting with the fact that with me knowing what's taking place within the government and what this means from a financial perspective, I'm honestly not shook. And that's alarming i mean yes god does give gives us perfect peace especially when our minds are on him but it's like with me 
seeing what's taking place within the government, what is being trajected uh, from a financial perspective. Mark, I am honestly at peace. And it's a type of peace that kind of leaves me shook it because I'm also thinking from the perspective of, hey, I'm a whole adult and my finances are definitely independent from my parents' finances. So if the market does crash, what does this mean for me? And also looking at the fact that thousands upon thousands of people are being furloughed as a result of what's being projected as far as the government is concerned with this whole shutdown. And I know that those individuals, most of them can't go <laughs> two weeks, let alone three months without a paycheck. So what would this mean for our social political um, climate overall? What would this mean for crime within cities? What would this mean even from the, from the perspective of those that are living in poverty? What does this mean for them? Because WIC programs are being shut down. Absolutely. SNAP is being shut down. The Department yes. of Agriculture mm -hmm. absolutely tweeted like, fam, we, uh, we're suspended right yeah. now. Um, they're not coming in. Yeah. Um, I want to say the figure that I saw on CNBC was 95% of wow. their department um, had been furloughed. Wow. And the gotcha gotcha of all of it is Donald Trump is literally digging his heels into the sand Unbothered. saying, y'all are going to give me this wall yes. and y'all going to do it today. So... Isn't there a scripture that talks about how um, when the when the wicked rule, mm -hmm. the land is unrest? Uh-huh. Even, and I'm not necessarily declaring Donald Trump to be wicked, mm -hmm. but his politics mm -hmm. are definitely wicked. I'm even thinking through the perspective of God, how do we pray your heart as a result of this? Because what I do know is that God is the God of the oppressed. Mm -hmm. And to think about single mothers not being able to feed their children and catch this, most of these babies get lunch from school. We're in a time where school is closed, so they don't want to break. So if mama don't have access to WIC, if grandma and them don't have access to SNAP, how are these babies being fed? And this would, this would be such an amazing opportunity for the body of Christ to strong arm the spirit of evangelism to provide food, to provide service, but to also provide the gospel. So I also believe too, that as much as we pray, and we kind of honed in on it during the last um, episode, as much as we pray, we too have to get up, get out and Absolutely. do something. Absolutely, and I think the caveat to that is what's happening that we see playing out in the media is absolutely an indictment on our slothfulness Ooh. as um, children of the king. He has given us, according to Deuteronomy, oh the power to get wealth. So there's no reason why we should not have additional strings of income yes, coming through the church of Jesus Christ yes, so that people won't have to go to the government yeah. um, to get resources that we have. Yeah. There would be no need for SNAP food stamps wick if we would get off of our rusty dusties and dust these plans off kick fear to the yeah. side and do 
what it is that we know God has placed in us to do. So with that, um, praying for not just the wisdom on what to do and how to navigate financially, um, but really putting the rubber to the road as it me as it relates to what it is that God has given us as individuals to do, because that's how, you know, we will bring relief to the community that's around us. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, your Bible says, and the government shall be on, on his, his shoulders. shoulders, huh? But that's another talk show. What else we got, man? Listen, so speaking of what's taking place within the Mexican uh, U.S. borders, um, so far two children have died this month in the custody of Border Patrol. This is the first time within, I believe, a decade. So according to an article within U.S. Today, the most recent one was a beautiful eight-year-old little boy by the name of Felipe Gomez. He died Christmas Eve. Um, the, the interesting thing about it, it seems as if this baby died from cold-like symptoms. They shared how um, his parents had got captured um, crossing over the U.S. border while they were in custody. Uh, the baby started having symptoms of being nauseated, throwing up, um, cold-like, flu-like symptoms. They ended up giving him a shot of an antibiotic and ibuprofen and sent him back to the quarters. And while he was there, he got back sick again. They rushed him to the hospital. And once he got to the hospital, this baby died. This baby died. And prior to him, it was a beautiful little girl by the name of Jacqueline Cole. She died December 8th. Um, her parents had actually crossed the Mexican-U.S. border into New Mexico. Once they got into New Mexico, they got captured with, I believe, um, 181 other immigrants who had basically traveled across the Mexican desert for two days. Once they were captured, they were placed on a base in New Mexico. This base had no running water, which is a whole human rights issue. Now, um, immigrant advocates, um, human rights advocates, civil rights advocates are livid, you know, at the fact that these babies and their parents are having to live in horrendous conditions at border control. One of the U.S. officials um, was recorded within the USA Today um, newspaper basically saying that as it pertains to them having medical staff, they are understaffed to really respond to all of the various things that are taking place. And it's interesting that all of this is coming about like literal blood is being shed because of one man's xenophobia and his control over the political prowess of our country. I'm very interested to see how history books will number one record this, but number two, I'm interested to see how the blood of these children will continue to cry up from the earth and how that will manifest itself for generations to come within U.S. history. I'm very interested to see what comes about out of this. And even from an intercessor's perspective, one of the things that I've really, really, really been grieved about is the, the psychology 
of both the parents and the children because a lot of these babies are being separated from their parents at the border. I don't know if you remember or not, but remember at the top of the year, there was over, I believe, 5,000 children that were separated from their parents at the border. And to this day, we don't know where these babies are. They're undocumented. So this opens up the door to human and sex trafficking. This opens up the door to organ trafficking. Um, there's there's a lot. Fam, you yeah. can't pay me to believe that the government does not have a hand in human sex trafficking. Oh, no, you they cannot, do. You cannot they do. pay me to believe that. They do. They do. All. They do. And even from the perspective, again, of an intercessor, it's, Holy Spirit, give us the wisdom to not only pray through this and get results, but also give us the boldness to step up, to speak truth, to power. So if it looks like us taking to the street and marching, if it looks like, you know, us going to law school and going into political office so that we can sit at the table of the Senate, so that we can sit at the table of the House of Representatives, so that we can run for um, state government, you know, positions like God raise us up. I pray that God makes us so uncomfortable with doing church as usual in 2019 to where we would prefer to be outside of the four walls and amongst the people affecting, for real, for real, social change. So if I was an intercessor mm -hmm. coming and saying, hey, McBride, what would that look like for me to mobilize as an intercessor? What would you suggest? What would that look like? Um, for one, I would definitely say start with researching what is taking place socially and politically. There's nothing worse than being a misinformed intercessor who is not aware of what is taking place within the times that you live in. You are absolutely dangerous. So I would definitely say start there. Number two, I would also say um, be aware of those environments. Try your best to get into those environments. The meetings that are taking place within our capital, they are open to the public. So why not go there with your Holy Ghost filled self and sit in the back to listen to what it is that is taking place. And then finally, I would say as far as mobilizing, um, research and study the prophetic voices of the Old Testament, those men and women who stood in the places of power and spoke truth to power. Come here, Daniel. Come here, Elijah. Um, come here, Gehazi. Come here, Deborah. You know, those men and women of the gospel who literally stood in the face of those that reigned and ruled over their times to tell them, no, not on my watch. Our God is the righteous God and it's not going down like this, even if it means your death. And I don't think that any of us are really that radical anymore, you know, that I'm willing to speak truth to power, even if it means my death. How many of us are willing to carry the burden of an asylum? where you pushed the agenda of the kingdom so much so to where you are now exiled from your land and you can't even see your grandchildren grow up because of the truth you pushed. How many of us are willing to live the life of a U.P. Newton or a Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. where we spoke so much truth to power, it caused us to lay down our lives and not get the opportunity to even see our own children grow up. And I think the contemporary version of that would be a Sean King. Sean King, absolutely. When I tell you I look at that man's yes. 
feed on Twitter yes. or Instagram, and literally everything within me yeah. takes up wailing for this man, for yeah. his family, for their protection, mm -hmm. um, for their finances. Absolutely. So placing ourselves in the position to not only affect change within the four walls of the church, but I believe that as it relates to intercessors, prophetic intercessors, I definitely believe that we will absolutely see the emergence of prophetic types that are mm -hmm. into um, forensic uh, intercession, intercession, yeah. prophets and intercessors that are um, on a forensic level. So you know, some of this stuff is also ancient spirits, yeah, as well. Um, the 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 situation that you were telling me about that you watched on Netflix. Yeah. What what um, was it? Roger Stone, Robert um, Stone. Give me Roger Stone. Yes, yes. Um, just y'all, please go. Yes. Watch. Go. Get me Roger. I am clapping. Go watch. Yes. On Netflix. Get me Roger Stone. If you have ever seen the shenanigans of one Donald J. Trump Come on, and you have thought surely somebody has been putting him up to this fam I watched this documentary mortified yeah this one general gentleman whose name is Roger Stone has literally been the machine behind every major presidential bid from the Republican Party dating back to Richard Nixon. So that's Richard Nixon, um, Reagan, Ronald Reagan, George Bush, who Senior. actually, George Bush Sr., mm -hmm. um, who actually came in with um, a morality front. But the gotcha gotcha to that is his campaign manager, who goes by the name, I think the guy's name is Atwater. Atwater, yeah. He began to partner with this Roger Stone guy. This guy has these mantras, or he calls them stone rules. And one of his rules is hate is more motivating than love. So he believes that if he can push hate, he can push you to be angry that you will accomplish what it is that they want to sanction. This very same guy um, is responsible for the media face for dictators of the world from Mobutu to Angola um, and actually taking their interest and pushing it in U.S. government. government. Take your time watch that documentary yeah that so basically this one individual has a 40 plus year influence yeah and the politics and it's corrupt and it's corrupt of our country mm -hmm. and my the thing that blows my mind is that this man has gone under the radar mm -hmm. for 40 years ain't no intercessors picked that up in the holy ghost Thank we you. we see everything else but we don't see that Oh, okay. Don't nobody like that gospel. But moving on. Listen, you want to call out phone numbers Listen, and social security And your numbers. birthdays, but you can't see this man. Oh, it's setting up an agenda that is oppressing the women. No, shut up, McBride. Anyway. It's your podcast. I'm just in the sidecar. Listen, I'm sick of this church. <laughs> 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 All right. 
So in other news, according to Rolling Out, a recent article that was published by Rolling Out, yeah. I believe at least three days ago, artist known as Travis Scott has agreed to perform at the Super Bowl. The crazy thing about it is that a lot of black artists are actually boycotting the Super Bowl you know, standing in allegiance with our brother Colin Kaepernick. Listen, Jay-Z said, give me out Jesus. Give, give me, me out, out today. <laughs> so Travis Scott has agreed to perform at the Super Bowl. And as a result of his agreeing to perform at the Super Bowl on the heels of that agreement, they have pulled up comments from a 2014 interview he did with Hot 97, having a discussion about Mike Brown in the Ferguson situation. And Travis Scott goes on record essentially saying that Mike Brown deserved the consequences of his death. He deserved what happened to him. Travis Scott continues on with his comments saying that black people, African-Americans, we consistently put ourselves in predicaments where police officers are affirmed or right in killing us or affirmed or right in subjecting us to police brutality. And I have an issue with that. And he even goes down to say, you know, black people, we should dress better. You know, we should go out in tailored suits. And the issue that I have is that in the 1950s, in the 1940s, in the 1930s, our grandparents were the essence of black renaissance and the essence of black regalness. And it still didn't matter. Come here, Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Come on. Come here, Black Wall Street of Atlanta, Georgia, down on Auburn Avenue. Come here, Black Wall Street in North Carolina. All of these things were subjected to, um, and not to make this a black and a white thing, but just saying what it is, um, white privilege, um, white violence, um, white gentrification, and still to this day, parts of these cities that I've just named are still being ripped apart by modes of gentrification and they dressed in the most elegant, you know, of attire. The issue is, it's not with our attire, it's not with our verbiage, it's not even with our levels of education and what we deem to be um, aristocratic dignity. These issues had everything to do with the color of our skin, our blackness, expressions of blackness, and how certain individuals are terrified of our blackness. There is nothing about what took place within Ferguson, what took place with the Sandra Bland, what took place with uh, a Tamir Rice, what took place with the Trayvon Martin that justified any of what happened to them. All I have to say is, y'all gonna get enough of messing with those Kardashians. Listen. They are a principality. They are the princesses of Persia. Hmm. And I don't care if you don't like me. Y'all gonna leave man. And we can call the roll. Fam from Kanye West. Reggie who Bush. Who is in the sunken place. Yes. Reggie Bush lost his career. Lamar Odom. Yes. Chris Humphreys. The list goes, goes on. on and on. Y'all. Got dog it, Ray J. No, too far. Too much. Wow. Ta-da. Watch out now. It's the little one. <laughs> is that Brandon brother? Anywho. Um, Y'all gonna lead him. Fam, listen. More than anything, 
I am very concerned about the level of influence that Travis Scott has with this next generation of young people who are coming up. You know, when you look at the artists of the 1960s, the 1950s, who were a part of the movement, the Aretha Franklins, the Stevie Wonders, uh, the Temptations, James Brown. Listen, they stood unified. They took their monies and they funded brothers and sisters who were going down for the movement. And when you look at how black artists have banded together now to say this is the new movement and we're refusing to budge you say hey i'll go sir what are you okay because at the end of the day it feels like our generation is completely failing to understand that with every platform there comes a built-in responsibility to that platform. You have influence and you have to take responsibility for what you say, for what you do. That can be in both a secular arena and the sacred arena. Do not sacrifice reverence to God for the sake of relevance, Mm -hmm. fam. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we see that every single day. And at the end of the day, we have governmental systems that are doing overtime to criminalize our political leaders, to criminalize our artists, to criminalize uh, victims of police brutality. We don't need those who are supposed to speak for us and to stand up for us to be a voice of impact and change. Like, we don't need you to work against us, fam. Like, do better, my G. That just put me, it puts me in a a totally different headspace. Cause it's like, fam, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Is it worth it for a check? And for some people it is. And that is so unfortunate. It, it stirs up in me intercession concerning the, the ways or the gate of promotion and praying that the gate of promotion be guarded with the justice and the righteousness of our God. Not necessarily praying for anybody's downfall, but praying that as individuals are being elevated, that as individuals are tapping into um, great arenas or great platforms of influence, that Holy Spirit, you shift their moral conscience, you shift their moral compass in the direction of righteousness of righteousness and the direction of morality, you know, and the direction of rightness. Um, And I don't know if this will take place supernaturally or if Holy Spirit will begin to raise up individuals that can speak the languages of a Travis Scott to bring a level of sobriety back to him because we see it now happening with Kanye West. Um, A couple of Chance the Rapper. He ended up sharing, you know, how he's rededicated himself back to Jesus. So I'm hoping that as Kanye West walks out his soul salvation, hallelujah, that somewhere of another, the snatching power of Christ snatches him out of the sunken place and out of the bed of the Kardashians. That part, because when we have commentary such as a Kanye West and a Travis Scott, it's easy for a referee in New Jersey yes, to cut off a baby's dreadlocks. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah, Andrew Johnson. Andrew Johnson, for those of you all that aren't aware, Andrew Johnson, a 16-year-old African-American student um, 
was going into a wrestling match and the referee of the match who has been recorded for releasing racial slurs i believe as recent as last year yeah what is his name alan maloney alan maloney yeah alan maloney was it's literally on record in new jersey with the um department of education in new jersey that he got into a tussle with the parent with um it was actually a another referee Mm. that was black Mm -hmm. and they were arguing over um homemade wine it was i guess it was some kind of company or Mm -hmm. department Mm -hmm. kickback and he is recorded as putting his finger in the chest of this black man and calling him the n-word yeah and of course like any red-blooded man there was some tussling going you on. Know, moving yeah. around the furniture. You know, shaking a little bit of the table. <laughs> and uh, he was not banned. Right. Um, he was suspended for a year yeah. and told to go into sensitivity training. Yeah, yeah. And with this most recent thing with Brother Andrew Johnson, the recording of it is horrendous. You see Alan Maloney standing in the background as this white young lady grabs handfuls of Andrew's locks and begins to shear him like an animal. Alan Maloney tells um, Andrew that he has 90 seconds to either cut his hair or forfeit the badge. The interesting thing about it is that the weekend before, Andrew and his brother both competed within the same county and there was no issue about the length of their hair. During the weigh-ins, typically for the wrestlers, they are overlooked by the referees. The referees tell them that what they have on is acceptable or it isn't acceptable. During the weigh-in, Alan Maloney, the referee, he was not there. He missed the weigh-in. He was late. Um, Brother Andrew, he passed through the weigh-in. All was fine. When he finally gets introduced to Alan Maloney, Alan tells him, well, in order for you to compete in this match, you have to wear a head wrap. You have to tie your hair up. Okay, cool. No problem. Andrew and his brother, they get the head wraps. They wrap their hair up. They're putting on their headgear. And Alan Maloney tells him that they're still unacceptable. What I wrestle with is even when we attempt to play by the rules you said, it still isn't good enough. And to watch this child's hair be cut. It made me question the levels of trauma that has been inflicted on this young man's heart, his mind, and his soul. Although his parents have released statements that they're good, you know, that they don't hold the the, the coaches um, responsible. They don't hold his teammates responsible. Um, they're really honing in on the referee. It just still makes me wonder What does this mean for this kid's blackness? Because for me, being an African-American man, watching them hold his head like you would a dog or like you would a sheep getting ready to shear them, that says to me that even in 2018, my blackness is still deemed animalistic in the subconscious mind of some individuals. And the reality is, for me, 
looking at this situation, it puts me in the mind of Roots, mm. where literally you would take our people and you would place them on a whipping post and begin to whip them mm -hmm. in public sectors. And it did not only inflict trauma and pain on the said person, mm -hmm. but it inflicted fear yeah. and trauma. Yeah. And it was an assault, a psychological assault on the onlookers. Mm -hmm. So I look at that and I see what does that communicate? What kind mm -hmm. of trauma, mm -hmm. what kind of assault, psychological assault does that inflict on young black men that are on looking that? Mm -hmm. um, what kind of emotional trauma does that inflict on the um, onlookers of young brothers and sisters who say that my skin may be a little darker, so am I not enough? Yeah. Am I not good enough? Yeah. Um, um, am I not worthy of love? Am I not worthy of being protected? Like, it puts me in a bad headspace, man. And to even piggyback on that, what does it even say to our white counterparts? those who do stand in solidarity with black and brown skin, because there were plenty of students who were there that were actually trying to speak up on Andrew's behalf and say, no, this ain't right, this is wrong. So even what does that mean to them? Battle fatigue. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I don't know. Um, and to even think from the perspective of God, how do we pray through this? How do we intercede? To be honest, Sade, I'm in a place of justice fatigue. I really feel like this is an onslaught of being desensitized to black and brown bodies being brutalized. You know, this stuff goes all the way back to Trayvon Martin for me to see how justice was miscarried in that case. And to now see, you know, with Trumponomics, <laughs> Trump's politics to who now seeing this kid's head be snatched back as he sheared, it's like, God, what's next? I think a great place to start is allowing Holy Spirit to calibrate your emotions. Mm. There's no way that you can be an effective intercessor and you are drunk yeah. on emotions, whether that be anger, mm -hmm. whether that be resentment, bitterness, or whatever. You cannot effectively intercede for um, a nation. You can't effectively intercede for your constituents and your yeah. contemporaries. You can't even pray for yourself. Yeah. And you are in a place of drunkenness as it relates to your emotions so it's absolutely imperative that as an intercessor you allow holy spirit to calibrate your emotions submit them boogers yeah under the power of holy spirit one thing that i pray just about every day i give holy spirit the legal right the legal right yes ma'am control oh yes my emotions father i submit oh, my yes. emotional oh, yes. state oh, yes. under the power of holy spirit don't let me move outside of 
my character don't allow me to be punch just, drunk yeah and it's literally that's what it is it's punch drunk mm -hmm. don't allow me to be so drunk with emotions that i am not approaching moments that i can literally allow the gospel of jesus christ to shine yeah but i miss an opportunity to impact the life i miss an opportunity to intercede i miss and completely drop an assignment and a life in prayer because I'm caught up in my feelings. Fam, you can't intercede in your feelings. Get out of there. My God. Like, get out of your feelings and get into your prayer closet. When you move from there, begin to pray around the idea and the fact that God is able to raise up individuals who can infiltrate these systems of influence, these mountains of influence that can go into the mountain of education and begin to effect uh, positive change. Yeah. Um, beyond that, praying for individuals who will run for office, public yeah. office, that can put legislation in place that will absolutely reflect your value. So that's a great place to start. But listen, as we end 2018, do not cross over into a new year, not being sober. Do not that's be real. drunk and driven by your emotions. Submit those boogers to Holy Spirit. Listen. Amen and Asheo. Speaking of emotions, <laughs> mighty God. You know, last last week or the, the last episode of The Let Out, we spoke on the reality of Cardi B. And Offshore. Oh, you just weeks me. <laughs> offshore. Offset. Anywho, Cardi B. You know what an offset is? What is it? Tell me. Offset is literally, it's defined by Webster's Dictionary as missing the mark. My God, Cardi B and sin. Mm. Anywho, Cardi B and Offset Man were seen on an excursion on an exotic island, you know, and people were saying, hey, is Cardi B and Offset getting back together again? And for those of you all that aren't familiar, um, Cardi B recently filed for divorce, I believe, from Offset um, in lieu of her finding out that there were some levels of infidelity in their relationship. And they had just recently got married like this summer. And there's already notions of infidelity in the relationship. But long story short, Offset goes on this hiatus of trying to get his woman back. He shows up to her show with funeral flowers. Um, he goes on, you know, social media with this video, making an apology while calling her bro. Um, bro. <laughs> I would, I, ooh. Yeah. I that's the whole thing. So after they find, <laughs> after they identify, you know, Cardi B and Offset together, I think TMZ did an interview with her and was saying, hey girl, hey, what's going on? What you doing? And she says, no, nah, we're not back together. I just wanted some Offset. So this just gave me pause because number one, how in the world are we telling this woman how to heal and how to have ownership over her own emotions for me 
the relationship is toxic. For me, I am saying run, girl, run. For me, I am saying somebody needs to get a saved Iyanla Van Zandt to sit down with Offset and find out what is going on with the intertwinings of his soul. Iyama walks so hard. She does. She I feel like a shoe screen when she walks. She walks like she is a linebacker for Green Bay. And them shoulders be hunched over. I love Iyama though. But anyway. Beloved. What she called um, Keisha Cole's sister. <laughs> she called A gutter snipe. Yeah. Ma'am. I can't say the rest, but. If that girl would have jumped up from the table and choked you out. <laughs> Mighty God. But back back to Cardi B and Offset. So people started confronting her about it. Cardi B was real. Cardi B was like, listen, I just wanted some off sex. I said, well, my God. <laughs> well, what do the lonely do at Christmas, Batman? Jesus. The way you just the, gathered up this collar. Gird <laughs> up myself. <laughs> the woman of God said she wanted some off sex. So it gave me pause in that this too also speaks to the state and the quality of her soul. Mm-hmm. And how many of us, you know, because we are hot and because we are horny or because we desire certain things, we agree to comply with toxic relationships. Fam, this is not okay. And where is her community? Where's her people? That part. Where y'all at? At the end of the day, I'm not here for it. It is narcissistic and it's toxic. Cardi was performing at a large music festival. Mm-hmm. And I believe that she was the first woman to headline this festival and here comes Numb Nuts making her moment about her about him. Like with them funeral flowers. Bruh. Mm-hmm. I just I don't have time. It's toxic. And on top of that, the trash bag dude brigade took to Instagram and Yo. Twitter <laughs> that includes Everybody from Tank to The Game to Kirk Frost from Love and Hip Hop mm. telling this girl that she needs to take this man back. Like, fam, that is all toxic. Yeah. At the end of the day, we don't get to dictate how someone processes trauma or our indiscretions. And to minimize someone's human right to feel or the validity of their emotions. That's an act of violence. That is an act of violence. Let people process what they need to process. Don't badger them for uh, forgiveness. Let them do what they need to do to process what you did. So was her giving a little offset her way of processing? Hmm. Listen, Hmm. came through dripping, drip, drip. (laughs) You know what? Who are me to judge? You know, I, it's trash. I'm sick of it. I just want Cardi to heal well, and I want her to win in, the, in these last evil days. That's what I desire. Amen. Hey, fam. 
let's pause for a moment and talk about something that we're both passionate about, making a podcast. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had a boatload of questions. How do I record an episode? Where do I upload the audio? Where do I find background music? How do I get my show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all of the other places that people like to listen? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, go to anchor.fm slash start to join us and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. We can't wait to hear your podcast. Now, Back to the show. Unpopular opinion. Oh, yes. So, Black Man and I took to our social media and we asked for our followers to send us the things that they are oh, going God. to leave oh, in 2018. 2018 has pop locked and dropped it. We are on the cusp of a brand new year. And I'm pretty sure that there are a plethora, a multiplicity, if you will, of things that we just need to leave behind. Facts. I believe that 2018 has whooped everybody's behind. Like we forgot to take the chicken out. <laughs> Remember growing up, your mama told you to take the meat out before she get home? And you hear her pull into the house. Fam, you hear that garage door. And jump out your skin. That feeling right there. My That's God. been the theme of 2018 for peoples everywhere. Peoples. With peoples. With an S. <laughs> uh, all right. Unpopular opinion. Leave it in 2018. Getting married to get physical. Lace front baby hairs talking about what we, what lace. That one, sir, ma'am. Three-in-one body washes. Ripped jeans. Spiritual children who are actually side pieces. Jesus. Poor hygiene madness using one towel to wash your hoo-ha, then your face. Why y'all love Jesus but hate the Bible? Do you fools listen to music or do you just skim through it? Jesus. Chicken Alfredo and Rotel being determinant factors for if a woman can cook. Getting a Moses at the Red Sea part in your weave or having Kenyan grains with a Korean wig and forcing your leave out to choose a side. Jesus. People putting all of their business out on social media. Bam, get a journal. And get you a pill and a therapist. Get somewhere and shit down. No. And I said it through my teeth. You felt that way. I did. I really did. I want the people to sit down. The furry Gucci slippers that dudes wear at high noon with baby oiled heels. We good, bro. Wearing bonnets and do-rags in public. Y'all fat shame every plus size woman but your mama. Roast Big Sheila too, fam. <laughs> and that is Rapid. our last unpopular opinion of 2018. We went out with a bang. Get your life. <laughs> They that do talk about everybody but Big Sheila. <laughs> Why name gotta be Sheila, though? I just feel My like God. Sheila is a large name. Sheila. <laughs> you gotta say it like that. Sheila. <laughs> Sheila has to say it. Sheila Big Bone. 
Bet not nobody walk up on me talking about you talking about big women. Don't you do it. I ain't talking about nobody big. Heavy said just do it for me and I'm fluffy. My God. Just I thank God for the plus size woman. Crazy. Hallelujah. All right. <laughs> so finally, can you get it together? It legitimately weeks me, man. I don't. I'm a child. I, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm sick of it. What's the next segment? Mirror, mirror. So on this week's Mirror, Mirror, talking about the heart of the intercessor, mm-hmm. we're going to dive into the idea that stillness is the move. Yeah. Um, so oftentimes, people, they believe that being still means that you're still or you're stagnant or it means that you're not necessarily in a place of progression. But I believe that stillness is, in fact, a move. And when we say that stillness is a move, we're essentially saying don't allow people, social media, circumstances or anything to rush you into something that you are not sufficiently prepared for. The book of Ecclesiastes, it talks about how there is a time and a season for everything that exists under the sun. This might not necessarily be the season where you need to be flued out. This might not necessarily be the season that you need to be bottom be booed up. This may be a strong moment where you need to sit down somewhere in a chair that's still a chair that is a chair when no one is sitting there to find out what is going on with you internally. Prepare yourself for what it is that you say that you desire. And as you prepare yourself, begin to make decisions in the direction for what it is that you say that you desire. So it makes no sense for me to say, hey, I wanna become an OBGYN and I haven't taken time to graduate from high school. I haven't taken time to graduate from college. I haven't taken time to take the MCAT. I haven't taken time to go to medical school. And along those journeys, I haven't taken time to study for my tests, to show up to class, to prepare myself, to enroll. No, there are steps, there are levels to whatever it is that we desire. There are levels to even getting to the promises of God that are over our lives. We have to prepare for the stuff that we say that we desire. And sometimes a part of that process is you being still. When I reflect, one of the biggest lessons I've gotten this year has been Fam, take your time, yeah. man. Take your time. And that It's so far reaching. Take your time with building relationships. Take your time with processing, allowing the Lord to process your heart, process your soul. Take your time building that business. As McBride has said, social media, this microwave generation that we find ourselves in, we've allowed um, social media to push us from obscurity too soon. And we offer premature wisdom. Mm -hmm. We offer premature fruit. And it's like at the end of the day, make sure you are allowing God to fully and thoroughly do everything that he needs to do in you before you offer that to the world wide web, to the the masses. And at the end of the day, 
you need to be still in yes. certain seasons. Yeah. One of the first lessons that I learned as it relates to prayer is the ability to journey with the Lord. And I think that's a lost art that our generation has. We don't know how to allow the Lord to really just process us through some things. What do you think about that? No, I absolutely agree. Um, even just talking through this, it is very nostalgic to me. I remember growing up, my maternal grandmother, she had several pecan trees in her backyard. And round about September, early October, you would get those green blossoms on her tree. And I would be anxious to pick those blossoms off the tree because I knew what the harvest was going to be, right? So I would pick the green blossoms off the tree and I would try to leave them out in the sun in hopes that the sun would dry them out and would speed up the process. And my grandma would always tell me, boy, leave those nuts alone, leave them on the tree. If you eat them too soon, you will mess up your stomach. Leave them alone. And to bring it into context of what it is that we're talking about, how many of us have moved too soon, have moved too quickly, and we permitted ourselves to be picked and plucked. And not only have we caused ourselves to be sick on the stomach, but we're also causing other people to become quote unquote sick on the stomach because we're introducing them to unprocessed wisdom. We're introducing them to unprocessed lessons. We're introducing them to unprocessed places within ourselves and heaven is saying, no, this is an oven moment, not a crock pot or a microwave. You literally need to sit a little while longer and permit heaven to cook you through. I think that a lot of the things that are taking place within the body of Christ is a result of unprocessed people being moved into places of power and influence way too soon. Absolutely. When you look at it, I think that being planted, allowing the Lord to plant me was a game changer for me this year. Mm -hmm. The Bible says in the book of Psalms 92, I believe it's verse 13, they that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Fruitfulness is a byproduct yes. of being planted. Wait, say that again. Fruitfulness uh -huh. is a byproduct of being planted. That better not be on the t-shirt. I'ma snatch it off your body. The tragedy is we have a lot of people who have the character of the potted, but want the benefits of the plant. Yeah. There's no way that you can get the benefits of the planted when you have the character of the potted. That's so good. You need room to drop your roots down. Yeah. You need to be planted, grounded, sober, stable. We see that yeah. you're tossing to and fro. Yeah. Give yourself time, man. Stillness is the move. Yeah. One of the biggest lessons that 2018 has taught me is to shut up. Listen. Your dog does not belong in every fight. Listen. Your opinion is not needed on everything. The way that you feel is not meant to be heard in everything. Sometimes forfeiting your right to be right means that you will find yourself somewhere silent. Silence, stillness, they are both moves. Proverbs 25 and verse two, it says that the glory of God conceals a matter, but it's the glory of kings to search out a thing. And many of us, we pray, God reveal your glory, release your glory on us. But a part of us tapping into the glory of God 
is silence. Sometimes you're going to have to shut up as glory is being revealed. That is a part of glory. Get somewhere and be quiet. Um, I even think about how had I not permitted Holy Spirit to tailor my tongue, I would have talked myself out of relationships and I would have talked myself into relationships that were toxic, that would have absolutely crumbled my life. Or I would have said very hurtful things to people that would have had lasting effects on their soul when the moment of an argument or the moment of a disagreement will fade away and will pass with time. You know, we're not, we're not as much as we apologize for the negative things that we've said to people, we fail to realize those words are still embedded somewhere in somebody's soul. So it's better for you not to say temperance. Yes. Self-control. That's the fruit of the spirit. Mm -hmm. Huh? Um, it's better for us not to say it than to say it and have to come back and apologize because you don't know how your words imprint themselves on the soul of a person. So 2018 has definitely taught me that. Bam, shut up. Man, the age old saying says, closed mouths don't get fed. But as yeah. an intercessor, closed, closed mouths, mouths do. do get fed. Absolutely. Um, you need to learn the art of confidentiality. Yes, ma'am. As an intercessor, that is a part of spiritual ethics. Maybe we need to write or yeah. do a show on spiritual Maybe ethics. Maybe so. Because that's a real thing. Yeah. Spiritual ethics says just because you have access to see it does not mean that you have the authority to say it. Yeah. Sit yourself down somewhere. Yeah. And if you don't want to hear what I have to say, your Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 11, it says, make it your ambition yes. to live quietly, quietly. and peacefully mm -hmm. and to mind your own business and work with your hands just as we directed you. Paul said, fam, mind your business. Yeah. That's a real thing. Yeah, yeah. But didn't that, that following verse say something about so that others, the outsiders, will believe you? I believe that next verse says. Absolutely. is verse 12 says yeah. so that you will behave properly toward outsiders yeah. exhibiting good character, personal integrity, and moral courage worthy of the respect of the outside world. Yeah, yeah. So could it be that the outside world does not respect the body of Christ and what it is that we have to say because we are disintegrous with our words, because we are busybodies and we don't master mining our own self-business? It's impossible for us to be introduced to the God of miracles and we can't even maintain the miracles in our own lives to steal ourselves, to even hear what God is saying, what God is judging, what God is doing about a specific people, place, or thing. So, yeah, man. Did you say something earlier about Kaya and her closing remarks? Yes. What Kaya, the rap artist. Um, I'll clean it up. She said, don't trust no man, don't trust no Christian. And every time she said, like, it's funny, but when you really sit with it, it makes me wonder, like, fam, number one, who hurt you? But two, there's a level of truth to that. 
Christians, we do some of the most hurtful people. We, we do some of the most hurtful things to people. Matter of fact, I dare say that for many of us, we are spiritual cannibals. Unpack that, sir. So Christians, for a number of us, we are masters of friendly fire. It's not people on the outside tearing us down. It's us that are on the same side, on the same team, who are tearing each other down. Look at how many blogs that have popped up exposing our pastors, exposing our leaders. Look how uh, within certain cities there are turf wars between churches. Y'all still in our members. Y'all want to be like us. Y'all trying to do this. Y'all, We are spiritual cannibalists. We gnaw on each other. Cannibalists, within a, a human perspective, cannibalists are humans who eat other humans. When I say spiritual cannibalists, I am referring to us as spiritual beings, those of us who are Christians, who literally gnaw on each other. I really want to do some research and study the cannibalistic nature of sheep. When you look at the whole narrative of um, Psalm 23, um, it talks about how um, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemy. Many of us read that word out of context. When you look at the, the posture or um, the assignment of a shepherd is that the shepherd has to protect their sheep. Oftentimes when a sheep is injured, the shepherd has to protect that injured sheep from the other whale sheep. So what he does is he prepares a table to place the injured sheep on top of so that the other sheep who are whole and well will not attack it. It brings a whole nother perspective to he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Oftentimes your enemies ain't that hater that dislike you. Sometimes the enemy is the brother and sister that you sit next to, that you dance and you shout with, that you sow your tithes with, that you give with, that you serve the Lord with. Sometimes that's that's the enemy that God has to prepare the table in front of. And can you handle the weight and the assignment of when that enemy is revealed? Can you still keep your mouth closed and allow the good shepherd to do good work and good surgery on you? Check this table, yeah. fam, and take a text. Yeah. The brilliance of that scripture yeah. even reaches to stillness. Yes. Souls are restored by, by stillness. stillness. Yes. Come on. He leads yes. me in the paths of righteousness. He restores my soul. My soul. Mm. Like, I mean, that's a real thing. I just, I just need y'all to read your Bible. That's all. I'm going to be very intentional next year about being still. Because just because you're busy, that doesn't mean that you're progressing. One more time. Just because you're busy does not mean you are progressing. One more time for the people in the bike. Hey, just because you're moving does not mean you are progressing. Many of us consider our swelling as growth. Ooh. And it's not. It's an infection. It's infection. It's cancer. Ooh. Yeah. And that we're talking about, look at what the Lord done. No. That's not healthy growth. That's not healthy growth. So as you enter into 2019, make it your business to take some time to steal yourself, man. Yeah. And make sure you're planted once again.
do not demand the benefits of the planted, but you have the character of the potted. Get somewhere and drop some roots, man. Mm-hmm. Get planted and your life will thank you for it. Your business will thank you for it. Get this. Your prayer life will thank you for facts. it. Facts. Facts. Strong facts. I, I think that that's the secret to growing in prayer. Get somewhere and permit yourself to be planted under somebody. All right. Well, family, thank you so much for tuning in to The Let Out. This has been a phenomenal journey. Um, I, I believe I can speak for Martin with that. This has been amazing to just offer up some laughter. Fam, I can't even believe we're here, my chief. Facts. Like, this was just the ideal during the summer. Literally. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. But we here now. We here now. Ain't nobody gonna move us. Thank you. And if you gonna walk up on me, just make sure you can fight. And make sure I ain't there. Okay. What's your social media, man of God? On Instagram, I am at Broderick, B-R-O-D-E-R-I-C-K dot McBride, M-C-B-R-I-D-E. And on Facebook, I am Broderick L. McBride. What about you? On Instagram and Twitter, I am Shardemus. That's S-H-A-R-D-E-M-U-S. Y'all already know I'm maxed out on Facebook, so. Famous. Stop saying that. I mean, but you are. I'm grateful to be able to touch the hem of thine garments. That's like Monopoly money, fam. (laughs) You can follow me on Facebook, though. Oh, yes. Um, And I actually have a like page, so check that out. Sharday Martin Unlimited. It's been it, man. The next time we talk to y'all, it's going to be 2019, fam. It is. Dominate this year. Please. Oh, my gosh. No, Sharday, we have to dominate this year. Dominate. Hey, Sharday, we have to dominate. I I was agreeing with you. Dominate this year. Okay, I'm just checking. You're not going to put me out here. No, I'm just... Like, I ain't got plans. I'm just... Y'all know Shade, never mind. Okay. Ooh. Ooh. Shade out here being fast and dating. First of all, 